1: on the programme this morning. We will, of course, be touching on everything agricultural and uh, surrounding areas, but we'll Concentrate on the issues, as we always do, of a morning. Anything that's on your mind, feel free to get in touch with us. And there's a very serious issue in County Fermanagh, as you know, a harrowing uh, story from the impartial reporter. We're going to be touching on that in a second. And I would warn you, if the children are still in the car on the way to school, uh, some of the conversation may be difficult for you to explain to them. We'll also uh, touch on marriage equality, the prices of taxis and a big sporting weekend. Now, let me speak to the deputy editor of The Impartial Reporter, Rodney Edwards. Rodney, good morning.
0: Good morning, Frank.
1: Rodney, I've spoken to you many a time in the past and many a time I've read your columns and articles that you've written and you've a, a very a high reputation in the world of journalism. Now, when someone walked through your door and told you a harrowing story, you didn't realise what you would be revealing in your newspaper about your hometown and your home county. For people who haven't been fully aware of what's been happening via the impartial reporter, just bring us up to date, please, Rodney.
0: Sure. Um, So two months ago, a very brave and courageous man walked into our office in Enniskillen to claim that he had been subjected to multiple, multiple abuse as a child, uh, sex abuse in this town. Um, He alleged that he'd been abused by multiple men over several years. We carried the story, and as a result of that, more and more brave victims came forward to say that they too had been abused as children not just in Enniskillen, but in other towns and villages right across this very rural county. And that number is rising all the time. Uh, We started this two months ago not knowing what would come down the track. And as it stands, um, I have probably close to just over 20 victims now who have approached me. We've carried a lot of their interviews. We've, We've yet to carry some more. And the common denominator here, Frank, is that they all feel... Like, they've never got justice. You know, the, the alleged perpetrators, are many of whom are still alive, they, they meet in the street. They, they go to a cafe for, for tea, and, and the, the alleged perpetrator, the person who stole their childhood, is sitting across from them. So it is a very distressing time for so very many people, but we wouldn't be having this conversation, Frank, if it wasn't for the bravery and courage of those people.
1: One of the perpetrators, one of the people accused is a man called David Sullivan who was found dead back in 2000. He had been murdered and his body had been dumped in a bog near Belcoo. The litany of allegations against David Sullivan is chilling. This was a, a Nulster bus driver, a man who drove the school bus, who was involved in youth clubs, a man who would park his car close to Enniskillen and drive along the Sligo Road and other roads around Enniskillen, just picking up any young people who were thumbing a lift, and in the end he ended up dead in a ditch. What did he do to people, and how many people did he abuse?
0: Well, that's a question that the police really need to answer, because they were aware of some of these cases regarding David Sullivan. I've spoken to victims who approached the police at the time, to allege that they had been abused and their cases were not dealt with in the correct manner. Uh, one family approached me to say that their 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 loved one had been abused by this man. Uh, he had been drugged first, then abused, and when they contacted the police, they were advised not to pursue it. Um, so David Sullivan, as you say, Frank, was involved in, in, in lots of, of organisations where he had constant contact with children. And his name would not even be uttered right now. We wouldn't be having this conversation had it not been for, for one of his victims coming forward off the back, off, off this coverage. And this this man, um, when he was a schoolboy, on Sullivan's bus, was abused 12 times over a period of years. So he'd, he'd get the bus, he'd be going to school, and he'd be the only person on the bus in very rural Fermanagh. Sullivan would stop the bus before the sun had even risen in the sky, uh, and he would have abused this boy, this little boy, in, in, in a lay-by. And then, once he had finished, he would he would drop him off at school. And and this went on for years. And because this boy came forward, he's now a man, came forward with his brave story, um, Other victims of Sullivan's have come forward. And that is why we're able to talk about it. And yes, Sullivan was murdered. But before he was murdered, he carried out a litany of abuse for years. And that is why it's important that we understand what the police knew about it at the time and what they did, if anything, uh, to to tackle it. Um, Because it's a very, very serious matter. And more and more victims of Sullivan's and others are coming forward all the time.
1: Have you any idea of why the police said it was dangerous to... Pursue Sullivan. This is this is a narrow. This is Good Friday Agreement territory we're talking about. We're not going back to the sixties and seventies here. This is the nineties, going towards two thousand. It's not a. It's not the dark ages. This is relatively recent. Why would the police have said to people bringing allegations to them that you'd be safer dropping that? This could be dangerous.
0: I have no idea, Frank. Again, it's a question that I've been asking the police, and they have yet to answer. Now, to be fair to the police, they are taking this whole matter seriously. They've launched a new, a new unit uh, to look at this. Uh, they're they're willing to review all of the cases that we have reported. Uh, but just to, to to make a further point with what you're saying, Frank, yes, this is the, this. You talking about Sullivan, you talk about some of the cases where police said mm, we can't pursue this, but. There's another case as well, which it was quite troubling for me to hear, um, where a schoolboy, 30 years ago, went to police to allege that he had been abused by a local businessman. And he was told by police, you don't want to proceed with this. You could, you could get bullied at school. And this was 30 years ago. And what they told that man at the time, that boy at the time, was, we will keep this man's name on file. If he does it again... You know, we'll pursue it then. And that little boy went off thinking, okay, they've got his name, they'll take it seriously if he does it again. Years passed, and two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, a second victim of the same man contacted me to tell me that he too had been abused by the same man. And these two victims don't know each other. You know, they contacted me separately. So there's a case where police were were made aware of, of, of this abuse many years ago, and then this man allegedly went on to do it again to somebody else so there, there are many questions for the police
1: yes is there any name or names in Enniskillen of people who are living that are coming up other than that one man who you've said his name has come up twice are there any people living oh, in yes. county Fermanagh, living in Enniskillen whose names are coming up regularly from the people who are contacting you
0: Yes, and it's not just in a um, I'm. I've been told, just for one one example, one individual's name has been told five times. So five different victims, uh, alleged victims, have told me uh, this person's name, um, and this person, um, like many other alleged perpetrators, still living in this community, and these victims are still meeting these people in the streets, So. It is something that is deeply, deeply distressed many, many people in Fermanagh. It's very upsetting for me as somebody who loves this county and loves this place to to be unravelling the dirty secrets of the past, if you like. But it's also important, you know, and that's why I really appreciate you having me on the show to talk about it, because this isn't a conversation that's just for Fermanagh. This is a conversation for the entire country. And this, I have no doubt, is going on and has gone on in other towns and villages right across Northern Ireland. So that's why I really appreciate this. And also, if I could just say, Frank, if I could just mention Nexus. Nexus provide help and support for, for people, uh, for victims of sexual abuse. And if anyone's finding this distressing, please pick up the phone to Nexus and speak to them. And if you have any information at all about sex abuse, go to the place, because this spotlight is being shown on this. And they are listening now, probably more so than ever before.
1: And it's not just men who are coming forward to you. One harrowing story of a young woman who's approached you, who when she was four years old was being pimped out, is the only way to say this, by her babysitter. And at least 15 men abused her in a number of towns in the immediate Fermanagh area.
0: Yeah, that's the story that we are running this week, um, and it's it's out at the moment, and it's deeply distressing. I spent over eight hours with this family. I sat in front of this 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 young woman who is now a brave, brave, determined young woman, and I could see the sadness in her eyes. I could I could see the pain etched on her face as she recounted in vivid detail what she had experienced as a little girl. She could remember everything, every single color, every single smell. She could tell me the whole thing. And at the very end of it, she said to me, do you believe me? And I said, of course I do. And and that's the thing. I believe every single word that these victims are saying. And this particular case is, is utterly, utterly harrowing. This was a little girl who was supposed to be looked after by the childminder, supposed to be safe, and when her loving family went off to do whatever they needed to do, thinking that their little girl was okay, she was being sold uh, to men, to well-known men, to businessmen, to highly regarded men, to, to men in positions of trust in our county, and this lasted for years. And it wasn't just her, there were other children abused as well. And I'll not go into any of the detail, uh, but I'll just say this. Um, there was one particular case where this little girl was, was screaming so loud that.
2: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com
2: slash loss.
0: Her alleged abuser tried to smother her until another child victim in the room next door uh, broke free and saved this little girl's life. And that little boy who's grown up to be a, a, a good man is still living in Fremont. And she made a, a, a really, really lovely appeal to him yesterday in our paper, in which she hopes that he will find the strength someday to go to the police. But also she wanted to thank him for saving her life. So it's utterly, utterly, utterly sad. And Morris Morrow, uh, Lord Morris Morrow, um, also was, was, um, was approached by the family uh, about two years ago. And they told him what what this girl had experienced. And Morris went off with the victim and, and her family to the police. And he handed over a dossier of names of the alleged abusers, information and also some photographs, I believe, of the alleged perpetrators. And nothing has ever been done on that. But that is probably because at the time... The victim was so vulnerable, she was so distressed that she couldn't bring herself to make a formal, official statement. But she's ready now. And the only reason why she's ready now is because of all the the very many victims who have come forward to tell their stories. She has found the strength from somewhere uh, and she just wants justice. And I just hope, hope that the authorities take this seriously and that they pursue this. And it is now... uh, it's now up to the, the PSNI and the Public Prosecution Service to, to really review these cases thoroughly and, and, and do everything in their power to bring these people to justice.
1: And f- finally, Rodney, as a, a local deputy editor in the town in Enniskillen, reporting from Fermanagh all the time, if you saw the alleged perpetrators in the street or in a cafe, w- would you know who the victims are talking about?
0: Yes, I know off many of them. I don't know um, any of them personally, but I know off many of them. The names are surprising. Um, it's it's really opened up a kind of worms, but also an important conversation. You know, even locally. You know, when you're you think to yourself, well, why has why this never been talked about properly? Why has, has these people never been brought to justice? And then you have to ask yourself, you know, what, what is at the heart of all of this? Is it secrecy? Is it something that just people didn't want to talk about? Is it shame? Is it embarrassment? Is it fear? Um, but the overriding feeling that I have is just one of, of deep sadness. Um, you know, I, I have little people in my, my my life and my family circle and my friend circle. And they're the same age of, 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 of this little girl, for example, when she young woman, when she was a little girl. So she was four when I started. They're the same age. And, and they wear similar clothes that she used to wear. You know, they own the same glittery wellies that she ran about in when she was being abused. They have the same curiosity and mischievousness and innocence that she had when she was a little girl. And I'm not a parent, but you don't have to be a parent to be, to be sick at the thought of the trauma inflicted on this girl and all those other children over several years in this beautiful county.
1: Rodney, I really appreciate you speaking to us this morning. It's excellent journalism. It reminds me of what uh, Chris Moore did on UTV uh, many years ago with the issue of Brendan Smith. Uh, what you're doing in Fermanagh is equally as important. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for describing it to us this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. That's Rodney Edwards, who's the deputy editor of The Impartial Reporter. Detective Superintendent Anne Marks from the PSNI is available to speak to us. Detective Superintendent Marks, good morning.
2: Good morning, Frank.
1: The PSNI must be very, very embarrassed by what they're hearing.
2: Well, Frank, um, I would say that what we're hearing um, is, is matters that we hear on a daily basis from victims. In terms of embarrassment, you know, um, what I would say to you and your listeners is that the policing of these types of crimes um, today is completely different to how these matters were investigated 20, 25, 30 years ago, Frank. Um, And and on that, you know, as an example, in 2015, uh, the police service set up a very specialised... Um, branch, you call it Public Protection Branch, part of um, Crime Operations Department. That's the seriousness that we take um, of of these matters. Um, And uh, that is staffed by a range of specialist detectives um, who deal with um, all forms of abuse, child abuse, um, domestic abuse, uh, indecent images of children and To say as well, Frank, you know, we are not specialists in dealing with trauma. And a lot of these victims have been through a lot of trauma in their life. Uh, So we work collaboratively with a range of agencies um, that help us to support those victims.
1: Okay, I absolutely understand that it's been done properly now. It wasn't been done properly 25 years ago. You make 25 years ago sound like as if it's a lifetime ago. My own child is 28 and if my own child had been a victim when she was a youngster the PS and I would not have taken it seriously going by what I'm hearing today and that will be shocking that will be shocking people across Northern Ireland and it's certainly shocking people who are victims in Fermanagh at this moment in time there are people who have allegations against them in Fermanagh for the most serious of sexual crime and they are sitting in cafes drinking coffee Across from their victims, what are the police doing about that?
2: Well, f- Frank, first of all, to say uh, you know it's very difficult uh, for me to comment about matters how they were dealt with at the time, the specifics of each individual case, and um, you know I, you know to add to that you know our knowledge and understanding over the years about how people abuse. Um, has grown and that's why our response has grown. So I'm not saying that maybe people didn't take it seriously at the time. Perhaps they didn't, perhaps they did, but it was their way of dealing with it at the time. And as I say, I just can't can't comment um, on that. But what I can say and I would appeal, I would strongly appeal to any of your listeners, Frank, who are the subject or who, who have been abused, whether recently or in the past, or you're the parent of a child that that's has happened to is to please come forward speak to even just have that conversation that initial conversation with one of my specially trained detectives but if you feel that you can't do that you're not in a position to do that i would encourage you i strongly encourage you because your welfare your well-being is our priority as well and i would encourage you to speak to and i know rodney has mentioned nexus and i absolutely would support that you contact nexus or indeed that you, you contact the Domestic and Sexual Violence Helpline, or indeed the Rowan Sexual Assault Referral Centre a Regional Service uh, for across Northern Ireland, where you can speak to people in confidence and get that support of course. that you require. Of
1: course, and that's the support that the victims need. But what about the alleged perpetrators? They'll begin now to know that they're being spoken about. It is a small country, it is a small county, it is a small town. They're going to know that the spotlight is on them. What's your message mm-hmm. to those individuals who are probably listening to you speak at the moment?
2: Well, uh, I'm quite firm on this. If you are listening to me, I would encourage you um, to come in to a police station um, and speak to one of the detectives, one of my detectives there, and... Um, there are, you know, you, Your abuse, these types of crimes, they can continue for your welfare, your well-being as well. It's important that you come in and tell us what you have done, uh, not only for yourself to get that off your chest, but obviously uh, for all those uh, victims out there in the community who have suffered and who continue to suffer with what you have done to them.
1: And will you visit the names that are coming up, even to tell them that their names are coming up? You have no evidence against them, but their names, for some reason, are coming up time and again from from the the victims. Will you be visiting their houses?
2: For those who've come forward to police, and I have set up a specialist team, Frank, um, and I know uh, uh, Ryan alluded to that earlier. Um, So there's two elements to that. One is about investigation. So victims who come forward who have not previously been in contact with police um, you know we will talk to them, we will support them, and through collaboration and support by others, we will elicit the best information um, from them, and from that then we will follow the evidence and that of course uh, will lead us to named individuals who we'll will treat as we would treat with any um, person who's suspected of a crime, and they will be interviewed. Um, the other element of the specialist team is actually reviewing uh, many, many records um, over this past um, 30-odd years. And as you can imagine, that's a very complex thing, Frank, because the recording systems back then aren't as they are now, of course. But that is about looking um, for any other um, lines of inquiry that weren't previously followed up, and, and just on that, you know, we have had successes, even very recent successes, where going back over those years, knowing stuff that now we know about that we didn't maybe know back then, we have been very successful in some recent court convictions uh, for matters that, that happened uh, 25, 30 years ago.
1: Okay. And very briefly, and I need this just in, in a sentence, does the investigation continue into the murder of the paedophile David Sullivan?
2: Well, he he. The, the investigation happened at the time, Frank, um, back in 2000, and uh, nobody was made amenable. The um, investigation was reviewed again since that to ensure all lines were exhausted, which they were. However, um, again, if anybody, and I would appeal, if anybody has any information about his disappearance or indeed his murder, uh, please do contact us because we will go where the evidence takes us um, uh, uh, to conclude that case. Please come forward. If you can't come forward, if you're afraid to come forward, please at least consider and um, contacting stra- uh, Crime Stoppers.
1: Okay, really appreciate so your time, Detective constantly. Superintendent. And wish you every success with the investigations. Thank you very, very much for your time, uh, Detective Thank Superintendent so Anne Marks from the PSNI.
2: Planning for your next trip.